0: You hear the voices of the hungry hearts, crying out for love. One touch, when you're this hungry, when you're this thirsty, one touch changes your life forever. The love has conquered every fear, broke down each wall. There are so many notches in that key to break I've made duplicates of the key, and I will give them to anyone who will take one I have Give I.D. The key to breakthrough I'm going to focus in on this I'm going to fast for this I'm going to pray for this I'm going to worship for this I'm going to be in the house of God every night for this I'm going to press in I'm going to hunger I'm going to thirst I'm going to get desperate I'm going to get in every line I'm going to put my feet on the blue line For this one day More of you Less of me until it's all of you and none of me Hello, once again, my friend, and welcome to Keys to Breakthrough. I am excited to be continuing our series here today on what it means to be a river person. And we have had quite a few sessions, even in this one point, that among other things, we are people who have experienced or desire to experience continuous Holy Ghost downloads And so today I'm going to start with a famous Wigglesworth quote. He said, I used to have an argument, but now I have an experience outside the realm of argument. You know, it's one thing for somebody to say, I think you're just being emotional. I don't think that this is true. I don't think. But when you've been there and had it, they've come too late to tell you that this isn't real. I've said this about many things in my life. If somebody comes to me and says, I don't think healing's for today, I'm going to say, among other things, you're too late. I was supposed to die of a blood clot, and I was healed. Well, I don't believe tongues are for today. You're too late. I speak in tongues. Just because you don't doesn't mean that it's not biblical and is not for today. We don't change the Word of God to match our experience. We bring our experience up to match the Word of God. And for someone to say, I don't think all of these uh, experiences that seem to produce so much emotion, crying, laughing, uh, falling out of your seat, perhaps rolling around on the floor, running around the building. I don't think that's necessary. I don't think it's real. I'm sorry. But when you've been touched the way I've been touched, where do you think that song came from? That beloved uh, Southern Gospel song, he touched me. And oh, the joy. Oh, the joy that thrills my soul. You know, when you've been touched, there aren't even any words to tell other people about it. And I see a lot of people in the Bible who were touched. Some people would say you don't see Jesus doing all these emotional things. First of all, we see a Luke that it says that um, when he was talking to the disciples about don't rejoice that You that devils are subject to your name, but rejoice that your names are written down in the Lamb's book of life. The Greek word of how Jesus rejoiced uh, talks about twirling and dancing. But even if we didn't have that, everybody he touched did have a reaction. They went walking and leaping and praising God. So we see it all throughout the Bible, that people who had a real experience with God were forever changed. And so... Everything, everything comes out of an encounter. I know what partially what people are afraid of. They're afraid of. Well, I know of people who got off biblically. Their doctrine wasn't sound. They forgot the word of God. And they started just having experiences that were contrary to the word of God. We're always going to have the flakes among us. The Bible says you'll have the poor with you always. You'll have the flakes with you always. We will have the fruities with us always. But that does not take away from the real or the genuine. The enemy is out to pervert everything. Do I know that there are people who tell me about their experiences that are outside the word of God? Yes. And I tell them that. I'm sorry, but I don't believe that. Anything that is contrary to the word of God or way outside of it, and you can't find it anywhere in the word, I don't need it. But we have plenty of Holy Ghost download experiences in the word of God to back up what we know that we have had or what we desire to have. So everything ends up coming out of that encounter. You know, my pastor, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, he talks all the time, gives his testimony all the time about how he just got tired. He was already saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost, had a ministry and was in the singing group, had grown up, was seeing great, Prayer meetings in his parents' home where people are under the table and drunk in the Holy Ghost. So it's not like he hadn't seen or experienced many touches for himself. But there began to be a cry that there's even more with you, God. And he began to just cry out in this meeting. God, either you come down here and touch me with your fire or take me home, but I have to have more of you and as the testimony goes he got louder and louder and then he got hoarser and hoarser he's starting to lose his voice 10 minutes go by 20 minutes go by 30 minutes goes by and you know people would tend to say that's not necessary that wouldn't be God or you wouldn't be losing your voice God's not deaf you know no he's not but as we always say he doesn't get nervous either and he loves somebody crying out and showing him how desperate they are, whether it's the woman with the issue of blood pressing in and saying, if I just touch him, should that be necessary? That a person that's sick, that broke, who could be stoned for going out in public, should she have to go out and press in and touch him? It looks like she did. Should Zacchaeus have had to try to not try, he did succeed at climbing a tree to see Jesus. I mean, that's a little excessive, wouldn't you say? Should the friends have taken the roof off for their friend to get touched by Jesus? You see constantly somebody that goes the extreme measure to be touched the extreme way. And so as Pastor Rodney tells it, finally, after he lost his voice, but he's still trying to holler out. It was like liquid fire enveloped him. And just to make a very long story short, suffice it to say that is the same fire that he has ministered out of now for over 40 years, the same fire that touched my life. So that fire continues to touch everybody's lives that we are in contact with. There is such a thing as an experience being so real with God when it's centered in his word and true hunger, not flakiness. But when it's centered in the word of God, it changes you forever. And then it changes everybody you come in contact with forever. So everything comes out of that encounter. You can't have only hearing of the word. You can't have just mental ascent without that coming down to your heart and becoming very real to you. You can't just have knowledge without the experience. Now, neither can you have the experience without knowledge It takes the word of God and the Holy Ghost together to produce these things in our lives. You know, many years ago, probably, my goodness now, probably 25 years ago or better, I was in a church and it was a word of faith church. And I graduated from a word of faith school and I consider myself word of faith. But all of a sudden, I heard myself prophesying something that went far beyond my brain. I had never even thought of it like that before. And I remember thinking, even as I heard it coming out of my mouth, Lord, this is so good, I'll never forget it. But the Lord said this. He said, some of you walk around saying, I will not be moved by what I see or what I feel or what I hear. And you have taken that to the extreme that you will not be moved by my spirit you will not be moved by my nudgings you don't even know how to yield to me and he went on to say uh, that should only be said for the enemy that I will not be moved by my five senses or what I see, what I feel, what I hear. In other words, if circumstances or symptoms attack your body. I won't be moved how I feel. I won't be moved by what the doctor says that I'm going to die. I won't be moved by what the banker says that I'm going broke. I will only stay in the word of God. But the Holy Spirit said it was never meant for him, for the Lord, for the Holy Spirit, for his things. He said, you are to be moved when I start moving. You are to hear into that realm and see into that realm and feel into that realm. Do not become so so, uh, stubborn about that I don't feel anything ever, that you become callous to the movement of the Holy Ghost. John Wesley said this. I believe I've quoted it in this series before. I just light myself on fire for God and people come to watch me burn. So we need to be so grateful for everything he's done in our lives, everything he's shown us, everything we've experienced. And yet while being grateful and never forgetting, we also should become desperate for more. You stay hungry. Yes, the Bible says that he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. So some people think, okay, if you hunger and thirst, you get filled. That's it. No, you need to hunger and thirst again to get filled again and hunger and thirst again to get filled again from glory to glory, from faith to faith. We never get satisfied where we're at. He is attracted to our holy appetite. He's attracted to our desperation. We want more of his manifested presence. We see that in Acts 2, John, Peter and John got a Holy Ghost download like everybody else did on the day of Pentecost. And what a difference it made when they passed a man after they got the Holy Ghost download, after they were baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. They pass a man that they would have had to have passed time after time after time on their way to the temple to pray. And in Acts 3:6, the man is begging them. You know, he he can't walk. He's He's just a beggar. And Peter turns and he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Why didn't he say that before? He knew Jesus. He knew the name of Jesus. But now he has a download to make that real to him. You got to have what they had in the book of Acts to do what they did in the book of acts and you and i want to do everything that they did so we've got to have everything that they had. peter's shadow even had revival in it i mean can you imagine peter's shadow had more revival in it than most people have than most churches have but your shadow is only found where you are it's not like you can stay home in bed and your shadow says i'll go take a walk today It will only be found where you are. So that means the presence of God oozing out of his pores. If I'm standing here and my shadow carries out a few few feet, people just got close in that shadow and the power of God healed them. Wow. We are to be that kind of carrier of revival, impregnated with revival. It should be oozing out of our pores. We need to sleep and eat revival i always say jesus in the morning jesus in the afternoon jesus all night long you know what we can add this to it revival in the morning revival in the afternoon revival all night long Um, a few weeks ago we were having our our fire conference in july and uh and one of the pastor mccurdy's daughter got up to sing just by the holy ghost and and we were, it was a fire conference, a fire week, and she starts saying, fire in the bathroom, fire in the balcony, fire in the floor, fire all over me. And it's just kind of stuck with us. When you are a person of fire, it's fire everywhere you go, you go to sleep thinking fire, you wake up thinking fire. And when I have sung that song for many years. Used to be one I sang in my own revival meetings all the time. He touched me. Oh, I love that song. But when he touches you, I want you to think about this. You can't talk about the joy that floods your soul if it only flooded somebody else's soul. I mean, to a degree, you can give somebody else's testimony. But it can only be real to you when it's your own testimony. When you say an, oh, the joy that floods my soul, you can't say, oh, the joy that floods my pastor's soul. Oh, the joy that floods Evangelist Debbie's soul. Maybe you can see it on me and testify to that, but you can't have it just because you've seen me have it. Each and every person has to have their own Holy Ghost download. I want us to look at a few people in the Bible who got a Holy Ghost download. We have Moses with the burning bush. There is, obviously, you could make a 10 messages, I think, just out of his encounter with the burning bush. But think about this. He sees a bush on fire. That is not unusual in the desert where Moses was. But what is unusual is to see a bush on fire and it is never consumed. And the Bible says he he stopped. He went out of his way to look at that. We need a few more people that won't just go, interesting, something's going on over there. But we'll say, I will turn aside. I sense something's up here. And if I'm going to have my own download, if I even sense somebody else is getting one over there, or I hear there's a great meeting there, or something's going on there. If I want to download, perhaps I should turn aside from my busy schedule, from the things I've got on my agenda to-do book, and go, nothing is as important as the Holy Ghost in me, on me, through me. So I'm going to turn aside and go look. And we know the rest of the story. God begins to speak to him. Moses, take off your shoes. You are standing on holy ground. Can you imagine the moment? I've already got a very strange phenomenon happening here. A bush on fire, not being consumed. Now God himself begins to speak out of the bush. And Moses Moses had a Holy Ghost encounter that day. And you better believe the sight of the burning bush flooded his pupils and his irises so that when he went and stood before Pharaoh, and he said, the God who calls himself, I am that I am. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob says, let my people go. The Pharaoh had to see that reflection of the burning bush in Moses' eyes. Not everybody could just walk up there and say, Let my people go, but he has had an encounter with the great I am, with the one who was and is and is to come, the author and the finisher of our faith, the Alpha and the Omega. When you have had an encounter and you know that you've had an encounter, you speak different. You speak with authority. You're on a mission. You're on a divine assignment. You aren't just boxing the wind, trying some things to see what may work. You have been touched. You have had the Holy Ghost of fire all over you. And that's why Moses was able to do what he did. Then he gets so hungry for God that he ends up going up on Sinai and he meets up with the God of holiness up there. And in the future, I'm going to I'm going to do a series on God's holiness and how that needs to be done and set in this era that we live in. And when he goes up on the mountain, I've got to see your glory, God, even though he's hurt that no one can see God and live. But God met him right there. And 40 days of a Holy Ghost download touched him tremendously. But remember what happened? Moses steps down off the mountain and what he encounters, I don't blame him. I I think I may have done worse than he did. He takes this 10-point message he's been given, the Ten Commandments, and he's so enraged by what Aaron is doing and the children of Israel, the sin and the debauchery. Think about this, people. While Moses is in the greatest meeting, so to speak, of mankind ever up to this point, meeting up with God and his fire and his glory, while he is in the greatest meeting, the people down below— that should know better that he that he is sent to lead his own brother who does know better Aaron what is he doing he is leading while this the greatest meeting on earth is 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 happening you can have somebody in the next room leading people into all kinds of debauchery and wickedness he gets them naked Moses is in this holiness and Aaron's got the people naked in some sort of weird orgy. Hands ask them for all of their uh, all of their jewelry, which God gave to them through the children of of err through Egypt when they left. God gives them this supernatural offering. Basically, he spoiled the Egyptians. The Bible says gave them gave the children of Israel all the Egyptians' jewelry. And in just a moment of sin, they're taking all that jewelry and throwing it in the fire. And out comes this golden calf. So we got witchcraft. We've got a sensuality, immorality going on, the defilement of a holy offering while we have a holy, holy touch taking place. So you know what? When you desire the fire and the touch of God, right around you, people can disdain it and go, I'm not even getting it. I, I I don't even know how real it is. I'm doing my own thing. But you cannot be swayed by that. Those of us who will go in for the fire will go in for the fire. We will go in for the whole thing. But I wanted you to see this. Moses gets this 10 point message. He walks down, he breaks it. Does he just go, wow, look at how I got in the flesh, how quickly, how carnal I am. I must not really be called. God's got the wrong person. You think that didn't go through his head? That goes through the head of anyone who's ever been used. You feel like, who am I to speak on behalf of God Almighty? Of course that went through his head. But thank God he didn't throw in the towel and give up and just go, I just kind of right there after the meeting I've had with God. You know what he said? paraphrase but basically this 40 days I was touched I need 40 more days to be changed I need another holy ghost encounter because I've seen many people who have had them and they only settled for the touch but they did not allow that encounter to do its mighty work so that they would become unrecognizable after that so Moses spends more time in god's presence there is nothing wrong with you that more time in his presence won't fix you might say no i've already been in some of the best meetings in the world good you're gonna settle for that now how about again from faith to faith and glory to glory lord i've had enough just to make me hungrier i've had just enough to know that we haven't even seen the power you got underneath your little fingernail yet as glorious as it has been and I am going to go delving into your holy presence with only my toenails sticking out of the river of God, and I'm going to know you like I have never known you before. So we're talking about river people want continuous Holy Ghost experiences. What about Jacob? I won't let you go, God. Yes, you have to let me go. Who hangs on to God and says, I won't let you go? Somebody desperate for his touch, that's who. And we know how that story ends, that that he prevailed, although he walked with a limp for the rest of his life. You know what? When you have wrestled with God, when you said, I won't let you go until I get what I came after, you'll walk different after that. You'll talk different after that. Somebody will see a different look in your eye and they'll go. You've been with him, haven't you? Desperate people say, I don't care how I look when I come out of this, but I won't let you go till I get exactly what I want. What about the woman at the well? She meets up with Jesus. She has to go running to tell everybody, I met a man. Well, of course she did. Everybody meets lots of people. So what's so special? No, I met a man. This is her way of saying, I met up with him. I met up with someone so divine, so special, someone who read my mail, somebody who's a true prophet, somebody who had these liquid eyes of love, somebody who didn't condemn me. They just made me want to get hungrier and thirstier. I met a man. Can you say, my friend, I have met a man. I haven't just heard about him. I haven't just seen him from the distance. I actually have been up close and personal. I have had a divine touch I've had a divine appointment and I will never ever be the same what about Elisha I am going to have the double portion oh I thought God decided that you know what no I don't think so most of the time I think we decide how much of a portion we'll have even Elijah when you won't listen to the prophet of God he goes go back quit going to all the places I'm going to No, I will go everywhere with you and I will have the double portion. Well, you better be prepared. I'm going to this town. I'm going to that one. I'm going to end up in Jordan. I'm going to go to all of them with you. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what sacrifice on my part. I will have the double portion. And Elijah says, you've asked a hard thing. Is he talking about hard for God to do? Are you kidding me? It's just as easy for God to give a double portion or a triple portion as it is a single portion he's saying this can be hard for you do you know what you're asking for because usually that means double the persecution double the trials double the things to overcome double the people who hate you you've asked a hard thing but if you really mean that and you're willing to and you're still with me and you see me when god comes for me it'll be yours and just think of that moment as he sees the chariots of fire and that whirlwind take Elijah on up and what does he do does he turn around and say boy I hope this is real I hope they haven't led me astray I hope I got something no he goes oh hallelujah I feel the mantle coming upon me where is the Lord God of Elijah you my experience should provoke you to want one Pastor Rodney's experience provoked me to have my own personal one like that. Oh, they're never going to be exactly alike. And God moves with people and upon people in different ways. However, the intensity of of our desire, our pressing in can be the same. The intensity of how real that is to us can be the same. One may laugh, one may jump, one may cry, one may do all of the above. One may dance or run. One may fall out and just lay on the floor. One may be absolutely still for hours and hours or caught up for days. It doesn't matter exactly your response to the touch of heaven. But what matters is that you get your own touch of heaven. And so we have, um, we have Elisha getting such a double portion. That just think about this. After he dies a dead man is thrown in on his bones and is resurrected from the dead from some old bones of of Elisha My, what kind of anointing do you have to have that your bones, even after you have left the scene, even after your spirit is gone, your bones just have retained that physical degree of anointing that causes another dead body to be resurrected. I'll say, I'll take one of those. Give me that, Lord. Give me that kind of anointing. We see David so changed by his Holy Ghost encounter. Just Here's this boy smelling like the sheep the youngest of eight kids, not even the father doesn't even think he's important enough to bring him in. When Samuel's looking for the right son, he goes through the other seven and said, is this it? Something's wrong here. Well, there is one more boy. If you can count him, just the kid who smells like the sheep down there, watching the sheep, bring him in. It wasn't just David, although David had to have qualities that the Lord saw and wanted. But that day, He was still just David, the the boy looking after the sheep. What changed him? Samuel pulled up a vial of anointing oil and began to pour it down David and it ran down his clothing like it used to run down Aaron's beard and his clothing. And it was that anointing, that being singled out, that touch of heaven, that God all over me, even though the oil was just symbolic. It was symbolic of what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is coming upon you, David, to do this thing. And it made him into the greatest warrior, the greatest king, the greatest psalmist. Oh, what the anointing can do and what one encounter can do. How about Saul, King Saul we're talking about, being turned into another man after the anointing of the Holy Ghost came upon him. Ezekiel saw his train filling the temple. Talk about an experience. And he would never be the same. Isaiah, after he had that experience with God, where God takes a coal off the altar and touches his lips with it, he never prophesied the same after he saw him. John on the Isle of Patmos said, "How When I encountered the Lord, I fell at his feet as a dead man. That is an experience. Peter changed at Pentecost with the Holy Ghost and fire. From the gutless one that denied the Lord and went out and wept bitterly, he thought his ministry was over, his calling was over, everything was dead. But oh, then he had a Holy Ghost experience in Acts chapter 2, and he became the one to preach at the birth of the church and to get up in the faces of all of those that have persecuted and killed his Lord. And remember, he was so scared that was going to happen to him that he denied the Lord three times. He swore, but now he stands up in front of that same crowd and says, let it be known to you, those of you who crucified my Lord, and just rips them from one end to the other. What changed him like that? A Holy Ghost download. Hallelujah. Wigglesworth said this. I would rather have the Holy Ghost on me 10 minutes than to own the whole world with a fence around it i'll tell you this no one can ever 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 imitate an encounter anyone who has ever been used greatly today or ever for that matter can all go back to an encounter and next week make sure you watch because i'm gonna tell you about some encounters of different people I know and my own encounter, and you aren't going to want to miss that. But begin to cry out to God right now. I want one of these encounters. And then after I get one, I'm going to want another one and another one. Or, Or maybe you have had in the past, but it's been so long. God, I need fresh oil today. I need fresh fire today. I need the wind of your spirit to blow through me. But I cannot remain the same as I am in Jesus' name. God bless you. Are ah, yeah.